0: I learned over 20 years ago how important it is to have a symbiotic relationship between all the bacteria in your gut. And then when your gut is jacked up from taking antibiotics, eating GMOs, pesticides, etc., you get something called dysbiosis or leaky gut. That's when you have an imbalance of all the bacteria. So a lot of us are hearing about fermented foods and probiotics now, right? Well, I was taking probiotics years ago, And to be honest, out of all the ones I've taken, most of them sucked and didn't really help at all. And I think I was probably just eating sand or something. Uh, Enter the probiotic that I'm on now called Just Thrive, which is a spore-based probiotic, which means it hatches inside you. Sounds weird, I know, but that's what you want. You want bacteria that's alive when it gets into you. So imagine having a probiotic that actually works. It's like winning the health lottery. And I'd love for you to check out my friends over at Just Thrive by going to justthrivehealth.com and enter the code LUKE15 to save 15% off. That's justthrivehealth.com, the world's best, most effective probiotic. It's badass. Check it out. Right about now would be a good time to put on your parachute because we're about to jump off with solo Q&A show number three. All of the questions that I answer in today's episode were, of course, taken from our private Facebook group. Jump on Facebook, search for the Lifestylist Podcast group. It's private. Request to join. will let you in. And it's likely that if you post a question there, one of our other 5,000 brilliant members will give you a really great answer. And uh, they'll probably get to it before I do. And if I don't get to it and type you an answer in the group to whatever question you might have, it's very likely that I will answer it right here on one of these solo shows in the near future. Before we jump into this episode, I'd like to just warn you that I'm not a doctor. I don't even play one on TV. So any advice given here should be taken with a grain of salt. Actually, probably, and not with Himalayan pink salt because it's loaded with iron. Uh, I would advise the Icelandic pure white salt, even over the Celtic salt. You want to avoid... Toxins in your salt, and uh, you know, as we know, sadly the oceans are quite toxic. Uh, also, with that Himalayan salt, by the way, I learned this from my buddy Matt Blackburn. I always like to take other people's information and sound really smart and act like it's mine. But I heard him talking about this the other day. Uh, not only is the Himalayan salt really high in iron, which you don't want. By the way, don't believe the fake news. Go follow Matt Blackburn's uh, podcast and listen to his stuff on iron. It's it's nuts. And everything he's talking about is nuts in in the best way possible. But the other thing with the Himalayan salt is they use explosives to mine that salt. And so there's often, if not always, explosive dust residue in Himalayan pink salt. So with the grain of salt that you're going to take with the advice I'm about to give you, uh, make sure it's a clean form of salt. And uh, don't believe the the old fake news that salt causes hypertension is bad for you and all that stuff. That's when you extract the sodium chloride, like the old school salt that would be on, you know, grandma's table in those little packets in a cheap diner. That's not real salt. It's not, it's not the whole salt that you would get from the ocean. So there's differences, just like, you know, highly refined white sugar could be bad for you. Highly refined white cocoa leaf paste turned into a powder or a smokable rock could be bad for you. Get where I'm going with this. We want to eat whole foods, including whole salt. But no, seriously, uh, I pick things up as I live my life, and I don't want you to take this as legal medical advice. Please check with your doctor or healthcare professional before following any of the recommendations that I'm about to share with you. Uh, However, I have been at this for a number of years, Feeling pretty good, I think for forty nine years old it was just my birthday. Some of you might know if you missed the special birthday episode, it was a good one. Go back and check that. I think it's called Luke Live in London, something to that effect, and uh you know people tell me that i that I don't look my age, so maybe all of this biohacking and all of this obsessive health stuff that I've been into for all these years is paying off so um not a doctor, not a professional. I didn't even graduate high school, guys, so you know be careful what you're getting into here, but seriously, I do have some great answers, and we had some great questions today uh this Sunday got a bonus show coming at you a lot of shows pumping out a lot of shows. This one is a rebroadcast of an appearance I recently did on the Wellness mama podcast with uh, my friend Katie Wells, and it was such a compelling and somewhat controversial conversation that I decided to just go ahead and rebroadcast it and drop it in my feed. We talk about really racy issues such as the horrors of circumcision and uh, how to escape from a life of addiction and a lot of juicy stuff. So I think it might be very helpful for some of you, especially those of you that are planning on having kids and specifically if those kids happen to be born male. Please give that one a listen. And you might as well go back and listen to my episode with Brandon Murata, which I did in 2018, uh, which is dedicated entirely, the whole episode, to circumcision, at least my view on it. I don't know. Some, some people like it. It's quite horrific, in my opinion. And you can learn why on the bonus show this Sunday. Then Tuesday, we've got another racy topic. That's autism causes and cures. No one's talking about it with Ninka Bernadette Maritsen. Autism is something that's becoming just so prevalent uh, in the world today, and uh, a lot of people have some ideas on (laughs) why that's the case. I have to be really careful nowadays with this totalitarian tech censorship that's going on at the hands, I believe, of big pharma and the powers that be. So I'm very hesitant to use the V word, and no, I'm not talking about the medical term for... Female genitalia. I'm talking about the other V word, uh, because I don't want to be labeled an anti-Veer. You know what I'm saying? Because then you get kicked off Facebook, and all sorts of crazy stuff happens. Uh, we're in a terrible situation here, where uh, citizens of the world are not allowed to ask basic questions about the safety of medication and medical procedures. Meanwhile, medical procedures and drugs. Are usually, depending on the year, about or around the third leading cause of death. <laughs> it's just such a, it's such a crazy ass world that we live in. You got, I mean, you got to take it. You know, you got to take it lightly. It's serious, but it's not serious at the same time. But if you're someone who is suffering uh, from the effects of autism, or have a loved one that is, Tuesday show is going to be very helpful because it is not at all a doom and gloom. And in fact, Ninka is not even so concerned with uh, where it comes from and what causes it, but more so how we can use the power of nature and our creator to alleviate the symptoms of that sometimes debilitating condition known as autism. So that's Tuesday. It's going to be a good one. Got an upcoming event happening tomorrow. What? Yes. Damn. That came up fast. Tomorrow, I'll be speaking at Mercado Sagrado. That's November 16th and 17th. It's a fantastic sort of boho chic hippie fair in Malibu, California. Uh, A lot of kind of uh, earthy hipsters running around there, but a seriously awake and enlightened crowd. It's one of my favorite events in the world of all time. Uh, Tomorrow on Saturday, I will be doing an installation with BrainTap, working on your brain waves, and I'll also have the biocharger there. My friends at Zen Bunny Coffee are going to have some of their biodynamic coffee. And mainly, I'm just going to be hanging out with you if you come to do so. I'll also be doing a talk about becoming limitless using nootropics, psychedelic microdosing, smart drugs, all sorts of different biohacking modalities to heal your brain. And then on Sunday, I'll be joined by my good friends from Bulletproof Upgrade Labs, who are going to be doing the Sunday installation in my booth, and they're going to be bringing a bunch of crazy-ass biohacking gear. So if you want to come to Mercado Sagrado this weekend, go to lukestory.com forward slash events. Let's go ahead and rock and roll into our first question. Again, taken from the Lifestylist Podcast Facebook group. And if you're someone who doesn't use Facebook and you still want to party and hang out, by the way, please join me on Instagram. You can find me at Luke Story. Don't forget the EY in story. Our first question comes from Katie. No, sorry. First question comes from Kate. No, I. She says, hey, everyone. New to the forum. New to a lot of things, actually. Recently quit my nine to five after what feels like a decade to go out on my own and pursue some newly developed passions of mine. I also want to immerse myself in a more spiritual life and work on some personal evolution too. And I am very happy to travel to do so. I love that dedication, Kate. And I totally understand after having spent 17 years working uh, in the fashion and entertainment industry in Hollywood in my former life, which seemed it really does seem like a different lifetime because oh my god, my life was so stressful. Now it wasn't a nine to five, but it was um, you know it was creative and fun, and there was a lot of perks. Uh, don't get me wrong; I'm not complaining about having a really sexy job like being a fashion stylist and dressing rock stars and models for a living. Um, it could have been much worse, and trust me, before that, it was uh, the the uh, employment that I immersed myself in before that can't even be mentioned on the podcast in most cases because it was so depraved and um, quite often illegal. So we'll just leave it at that. But I have some uh, a history of some really shitty jobs. So I feel you, Kate, and congratulations on um, you know quitting that job and making the great escape. And like Kate, I too found that um, to some degree, my discontent was really a lack of connection to that spiritual part of myself, which now, in hindsight, 23 years into my own personal awakening and development, I don't even think of the spiritual part of me as part of me. It is the spiritual me. As I said in my London talk in the show that came out October 29th on my birthday, and I didn't make this up, I borrowed it from somewhere. I wish I could give credit to the author, but uh, it's this idea that we don't. Have a soul, but rather, we are a soul, and that's really how I live my life from that vantage point that I'm a spiritual entity of some kind, of some type, perhaps alien in nature <laughs> some of my friends might argue that's inhabiting this, you know, protoplasmic spacesuit that looks like, and is called a white male dude named Luke Story. But a lot of the time, you know, at least when I'm on point, I'm interacting in the world knowing that there's a me inside this suit and inside this mind, the master computer that works very hard to keep the meat suit alive and safe. Much like I'm aware that when I drive inside my car as the driver, that I am not the car itself. I'm not the seats. I'm not the body. I'm not The frame, the tires, the engine, the windows, I am in fact an entity riding around inside that vehicle. And much like the me that's riding around in a car, there's also a me riding around in the me that's riding around in the car. And that's where I've arrived after living so many years in abject suffering, pain, and disillusionment. Having to do with a number of factors, not the least of which being having many careers and many jobs that were not only um, displeasing, but as I said, very stressful and just not me. You know, it's like I knew I wasn't living on purpose. So Kate, I feel you. I'm with you. Here are some recommendations for you. Being at the place in your life where you're starting to value your peace of mind, your well-being and your true self, your higher self, that spiritual self. Number one recommendation is one that I've not done myself. How's that? (laughs) For a jerky answer. Go do this thing that I haven't done. Tell me how it is. However, I do hear from many people that the 10-day Zen meditation retreats are just fantastic. As I understand them from a second-hand point of view, uh, having known many people that have gone to them, uh, and by the way, from what I hear the most badass place to do it is at the uh, center in Maui, I guess today on Maui. There's also one uh, or in Joshua Tree, I believe. And it's kind of on my bucket list. One of these days I'll get around to it. Uh, and so the idea there is that you're going to go and have a complete personality reset. You're going to learn a meditation technique. You're going to be meditating for, I think, 10 or 12 hours a day for 10 days. Uh, they're relatively inexpensive, if not even on a donation basis. Don't even quote me on that, but I don't think this is a thing where you you pay $10,000 to go learn how to meditate. Um, although I've done some things like that. In fact, in I think 2004, I went to India and did a 21 day silent retreat. You take a vow of silence. That's what you do on these Zen retreats as well. And uh, also a vow of, I guess in 2004, there was no iPhones, um, but I probably had a cell phone and maybe a laptop. I don't even know if I had a laptop at that point. Did they have computers in 2004? Seems like a lifetime ago. I know what I did have. I, I had this little um, portable DVD player. And then I had this book of like DVDs that I'd burned of just movies and documentaries and things like that. And you weren't, oh, and and books. You weren't supposed to read books, watch movies, be on a computer. No, I didn't have a laptop because if there was an emergency, I remember you had to go in their little administra- administrative office and use their um, their computer, you know, if you had to send an email back home. So in my 21 day silent retreat, I was pretty damn good with the silence uh, because I was there just with one friend and, you know, we were committed. We didn't want to, cheat for lack of a better uh, term and I really wanted to get a lot out of it. But what I, I did cheat with was I at night I would like kind of put my blanket over my head in my dorm room with a bunch of other knuckleheads in there and um I would sneak movies <laughs> and listen to it with my headphones because I was just going absolutely nuts. So if you go on a Zen retreat, Kate, uh don't don't take your, you know, laptop or iPad or anything in there. Just don't cheat yourself because I, I really think I would have gotten more out of it. What I got out of the 21 day a vow of silence retreat that I did is, wow, the worst parts of me came to the surface, meaning all of my defects of character, all of the phantasmagoria of my racing mind, my judgmental mind, my tendency to judge others, to condemn others. I remember just being in the, in the kind of lentil and rice curry line, you know, they were feeding us this very inflammatory vegetarian food, which in hindsight, I would probably never go just because that food would wreck me, but uh it was a beautiful experience, but I would be overall except for the food, but I'd be in the food line, and I'd be behind someone, you know, just a woman or whoever, and they were just innocently waiting in line, and I would just start having these really evil thoughts about them, just hateful thoughts I just I was so angry, so I mean this is going back a lot of years, I tend to be not too angry these days, you know, a little irritated by the uh, generality of irritations that one might experience throughout the day. You know, you drop your keys, ah shit, you know, that kind of thing. But I mean, I was just hating life at this, um, you know, (laughs) this very peaceful retreat in uh, India. It was outside of Chennai uh, at a place called Oneness University and they teach something called Diksha And you get indoctrinated or sort of authorized to do diksha on people, which is kind of an energy healing. Incidentally, last year I was at a Tony Robbins event and he had the oneness people come in and like do diksha on people. And I wanted to raise my hand like, yo, I know how to do this. Like, let me be special. And that's another thing I found in my uh, retreat, as I'm recommending to you. Again, I did not do the Zen meditation retreat, but I did kind of a double length one. And um, another thing I found was, after I was thinking or the ego was thinking that I was kind of mastering this silence thing and this, you know, after I got over those little you know, angry thoughts and observed those and allowed those to pass, um, it was really interesting to observe how my ego started co-opting a spiritual ego. In other words, like I had my beads and my little Indian robe and now I'm namaste everyone and this... Other sort of false identity started to form around this character that I was creating as this spiritual dude, which was quite nauseating. I might add to my many friends when I came back to Los Angeles and was namaste They asses. They weren't having it. <laughs> I remember one friend in particular pretty much banished me. It was like, I don't know who you became in India, but I don't like it. This is some fake ass shit. Stop it. And so that was my awakening. The next recommendation is going to be another one that I've not done technically, although I have done a number of her workshops and intensive for weekends and things like that. In fact, I did one at the beginning of 2019, which I believe she called her New Year's Mental Cleanse. And that's one of my favorite human beings on the planet. One of the most enlightened people I've ever met. And that is Byron Katie. And by the way, if you're a fan of hers, um... No one except you calls her Byron. Everyone calls her Katie. Just saying. Uh, She was on the podcast recently. You can search. By the way, in the podcast app, uh, the Apple podcast app. Now, you can actually search like two names or a topic and it comes up in the feed. They finally fixed that stupid search algorithm. So you could search Luke's story, Byron, Katie, and that episode will come up. But what I've always wanted to do, and in fact, this is on my goals for 2020, is to attend Katie's nine-day school for the work, where you learn how to unravel the falsehoods of the mind. Because all that's ever happening, if we're upset, is that our mind is giving us false information about the experience of life or reality that we are perceiving. It really is all in perception. And Katie is a master of this teaching. And in the nine day school for the work, you learn how to apply her formula of the four questions and the turnarounds. It's called the work. You can find her work at thework.com. I remember I asked her like, how the hell did you get that URL? That's dope. She must've been an early adopter of buying URLs. It's a good one. But the nine day school for the work from what I understand is just absolutely life-changing because it disconnects you from the matrix of the mind which i believe is our best tool and also many times our worst enemy next venture into spirituality kate and all you listening would be sound baths sound healing experiences and thankfully in the sort of now age new age uh, Time that we're living in sound baths are everywhere. I mean, I go to very unassuming places sometimes thinking oh, there won't be any hippies here, and then I see a flyer in a coffee shop or something for a crystal ball healing or gong healing or a sound bath or something like that, so i don't know what city um, you're in, Kate, but you said you're willing to travel and I'll just tell you something right now, straight up. if you ever uh, traveled to New York City, and this goes for all of you, I keep talking to Kate, and I realize like Kate's ass might never even hear this episode but hopefully you do. I love you, Kate. Thanks for being a member of the group and posting a great question that I relate to so much. Uh, If you go to New York, there's a place called Womb Center, W-O-O-M, Womb Center. And they have these amazing, they have yoga and all kinds of stuff. They have these amazing sound experiences where they do breath work. They do something called vocal toning, which is super weird, but very healing and awesome once you just surrender to the weirdness and just roll with it and be freaky. Uh, and then they give the most incredible, they don't call it a sound bath, they have their own you know, terminology for these things, but a sound experience uh, after you do the vocal toning and the breath work. And it is, I mean, for walking in and having an experience without taking any endogenous substances, it's, probably one of the most psychedelic, transformative, mind-blowing experiences that one could have. So that's Womb Center in New York. And in most major cities now, I'm sure you can track down uh, some sound healing experiences, and those can be so transformative because of the effect of vibration on your biology. And that sounds kind of woo-woo, but if you follow the work of Joe Dispenza, which is another one of my other recommendations. And I know many listeners um, are into Joe's work. And I've been aware of him for some time, but very recently just became obsessed with his work. (laughs) Like I do everything when I first discover it. And um, if you want to know the science on sound and vibration, and also the, the chakra centers, as he calls them, the energy centers of the body, Uh, Joe Dispenza does an amazing job of breaking down the science of some of these rather esoteric practices and modalities of healing and awakening, Uh, sound experiences and sound healing being one of them. Next one would be one near and dear to my heart that has truly transformed my life, and that is kundalini yoga. I'm someone who's been doing all types of yoga for a long time, I guess going back uh, probably 20 plus years now, doing the Hatha yoga. Uh, what's the other one? I want to say Ashwagandha. That's an herb. Ashtanga yoga. I think that's it. I mean, pretty much anywhere I've ever traveled, I'm just like, yo, look up the yoga class. And back in the day, there were just fewer of them. And they were typically just traditional kind of you know, Hatha yoga where you stretch and hold the stretches and things like that. I've done the, uh, the Bikram, hot yoga, all that. But when I finally settled on, well, I don't know if I settled on it, but when I discovered, because I still do whatever yoga is around, if, if if I'm able, uh, when I discovered kundalini yoga and my teacher Tage, which by the way, you can listen to an episode with her. Uh, it's number 12. It was back in the beginning. I just remember it was 12 because 12 is a very sacred number to me. Uh, my teacher, Tej Khalsa, she came over to my house. She's just she's, I don't want to call her a little old lady. I don't want to be disparaging, but she's, you know, she's up there in her years and she just, she has the energy of like, you know, your auntie or a very loving, benevolent, matronly kind of vibe. And, uh, started taking her class and then eventually interviewed her, which was a really special moment in my life because she just exudes so much love and kindness. And, um, that's something I really needed at that time in my life When I started doing the kundalini yoga, it was just like, oh my God, I would get so high. I mean, I could go in there feeling very neurotic, very pent up, lots of stress, tension, depression, et cetera. And after a 90 minute set with the music, the kriya, the mudras, the movement that are oftentimes kind of aerobic and really get your energy moving. And then the classes, especially many of Tages' classes, specifically her workshops involve a lot of the breathing techniques, a lot of the breath work. And some of those things just crack open your third eye, your 10th gate. And now I know you're, I think Joe Dispenza calls it the pineal pineal gland. Everyone else calls it the pineal gland. So I'm still stuck with that. Who knows what the right name is, but it releases DMT into your brain uh, when you do certain things. Activating the energy centers, breathing in certain ways, holding the breath, tensing up your body. There's a lot of that in kundalini yoga. There's literally thousands of sets that Yogi Bhajan, who's the yogi that brought this practice to the States in the late 60s, specifically to Los Angeles, Brought over from India. And kundalini yoga can be kind of off-putting if you're not familiar with spacey new agey kind of stuff, because depending on where you do the class, I mean, if you do the class I do at Nine Treasures Yoga in Hollywood, it's like a complete Hollywood freak show. I mean, it's the most fantastic uh, group of avant-garde random people you could ever stumble upon. But in the more traditional kundalini yoga classes at different places than I've been, Uh, People often wear all white and many people that are highly devotional wear turbans and a lot of the Western people that practice kundalini yoga convert to Sikhism and they have a spiritual name that they were given. And, you know, it can be kind of like that. There's a lot of accoutrement, I guess you could say, to uh, certain branches of kundalini yoga. However, I don't care about any of that. I just want the medicine. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And when I do kundalini yoga class, I don't really care who's teaching it. As long as it's a set that was taught by Yogi Bhajan, which most of the time they are, or at least um, an amalgam of some of his different teachings, Kriyas and what and whatnot. Um, I walk in feeling one way and I walk out feeling a different way. And the different way is always at least 1% more pleasurable than when I walked in. So if you're someone who's not been around that sort of yogi hippie scene, don't trip when you walk in. Like I wear whatever I want to wear. One day I might wear all black. One day I wear a turban. One day I won't. Actually, you know what? I got to get a solid turban. I got a Sikh buddy of mine. He was on the show. um, Harpreet from CEO from Aura Ring. And he's, um, I think he's from Canada or something. He's an Indian Sikh dude. And his turban game, naturally, as most Sikhs are, is on point. And I was like, dude, I want to do the turban like you. It's legit. He has like all these dope colors and there are these beautiful fabrics. And he was supposed to, by the way, if you hear this, Artpreet, where's my turban and my turban lesson? Is there something about covering your head when you do kundalini yoga? There's no rules, but there's kind of a reason why that practice involves the turban or a turban-like piece of fabric wrapped around your dome. It holds the energy in. And when you're moving a lot of energy in kundalini yoga, it's advisable that you don't waste it, you know? It's kind of like an energy condom for the top of your head. (laughs) Did I just say that? I should delete that part out. Editors, actually, you know what? Leave it in. It's all about keeping it real here. Uh, I've also been trained as a kundalini uh, yoga and meditation teacher. However, I don't use the term certified teacher because I still owe them one week of my three-week training and some assignments and things like that. So, I oftentimes bust out some kundalini yoga when I do events, you know, some of the basic stuff just to move the energy around. But uh, as per Kate's question here, I would highly recommend that you check out that practice in particular because kundalini yoga is so good at changing your energy and specifically, at least in my subjective experience, opening my heart big time. I mean, I, I did kundalini yoga for maybe three years and I just fell in love with everyone. You know, um, sometimes to a fault. And if you're one of those people I fell in love with, um, you know, no harm, no foul. I'm sure you were quite lovable. And that's why I fell in love with you. But I mean, I just mean, in general, everyone you meet, it's just like, whoa, your heart just opens and this unconditional um, energy of love starts to flow through. And there's kind of no stopping it. And that was really a, a critical point in my life, or maybe not critical, but um, pivotal. That's the word I'm looking for a point in my life in which wow, I had to really start being more mindful about who I spent time with, you know, friends and otherwise because I was just so open and receptive to energy. And I also could not, after some time, withhold that sense of loving and caring for other people. And I didn't even know that I was doing that before. I just started to notice like, wow, there's this feeling in my chest when I'm around people and people responded, um, Oftentimes uh, during that period and still to this day, because it's still wide open and probably more open than ever, they could feel something like that in my presence. And this took place oftentimes in the longer two to three hour kundalini yoga workshops that I would participate in and also in the white tantric practice, which is like an all day, just completely (laughs) insane kundalini yoga experience. Um, so I highly recommend that to anyone, but beware, you're gonna change. We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. Out of all the things that I biohack, all of the practices, all of the supplements, the main thing that I work on is really mental focus and the ability to speak, to write, to really use my brain. So I'm always looking for good nootropics and smart drugs, et cetera. Now, a lot of the things out there are quite potent and they're not necessarily natural. And I'm into that, but I don't necessarily recommend them to everyone that listens to the show. But when I find something that's natural and it's really good for you and also helps you focus and get your work done, I'm all about it. And that brings us to our sponsor, ChooseCandor.com. These guys have a matcha green tea nootropic latte that is fantastic. It's made with coconut milk, MCT oil, prebiotic fibers. It's a plant medicine. I mean, it's really just made from plants, but it fills you up for hours. It doesn't get you too jacked up. You can have it in the afternoon or even the early evening. I like to make mine with some grass-fed butter, add a little collagen, You know, make it like a meal replacement that fills me up either for lunch or after lunch. And it just keeps me focused and helps me be able to sit here on the microphone in my studio, or I'll make it for my guests when we record podcasts. And it is really the thing that makes my brain work. So I want you to get over to ChooseCandor.com and check this stuff out. That's ChooseCandor.com. The code over there, of course, I got a code for you, is Lifestylist. That's going to save you 10% off. They have a few great products, but I would recommend starting with the Coconut Matcha Nootropic Latte. That's ChooseCandor.com. And now back to the interview. Next recommendation, and this one, I can't even call it a recommendation because this is really one you have to feel into in your heart, and something that took me a really long time to become open to exploring. And that is the adventure into the realm of various plant medicines. And even though I haven't done this one, uh, psychedelics in terms of, uh, you know, psychedelic mushrooms, psilocybin et cetera. Technically mushrooms on a plant, but people always call it plant medicines. So I'd like to say plant medicines and fungal medicines. So the only one I've ever done in any meaningful way or intentional way is ayahuasca. And I did a trilogy episode on that. You can search Luke's story, ayahuasca. It's called Welcome to the Jungle. And um, that was a play-by-play report of an experience that I had at a wonderful retreat center called Rhythmia in Costa Rica. And I was very apprehensive about participating this, in this uh, experience for a number of reasons. Um, the main reason being at that point in my life, this is maybe a year ago almost, uh, I had not so much as had a beer or a hit off a joint or anything in 22 plus years. And so the idea of going and doing four nights of ceremony where you're taking one of the most potent hallucinogens on the planet and seeing aliens and shit was not really on my radar. You know what I mean? So I had to really be thoughtful about that one. And I advise anyone that's wanting to experience plant medicines and uh, try that modality in terms of opening up your spiritual perception and healing your mind, body, heart, etc., that you be very mindful, do lots of research and set and setting And the shaman or guide that you're going to be working with, the environment is crucially important. So, this one has a massive, massive disclaimer. And uh, I also would never advise plant medicine journeys for people that are having acute psychiatric problems. It could be very dysregulating, uh, maybe even disembodying. So, for me, and all these things are really just me. I mean, right? It's all from my own, you know, my own point of view based on my experience or things that I've heard anecdotally from people that I know and trust. Uh, it was great for me, uh, so much, in fact, to the point that I'm going back to Costa Rica in December, uh, shortly after this episode airs, to a, another retreat center called Soltara. A similar kind of experience to Rhythmia. Uh, they're both kind of in the same price range. To, I think they're a few thousand dollars and. Um, you know, you're very well cared for and beautiful premises and a pool and it's very kind of posh plant medicine experience. I don't think you have to do it that way. Uh, I'm just at a place in my life where I ain't down to go like sit in a jungle in Peru after some, you know, canoe ride being bitten by an anaconda and 4,000 mosquitoes. I'm just a little too high maintenance and I want to be super comfortable. So that's that's my medicine. That's my jam. But I did benefit so much from my experiences on ayahuasca. And again, for me, uh, being someone who you know has been in addiction recovery for a long, long time, I had to be very thoughtful. And I can happily report that since then, I feel more sober and more free than ever. And that would require a lot more time than we have today to explain and unpack. And as I said, you can go back and listen to the trilogy that I did called Welcome to the Jungle and you can you know, hear kind of the real-time report. But now in hindsight, I've really been kind of set free mentally in so many ways and, and really in my attachment to a certain confined idea of what I was allowing myself or not allowing myself to experience as someone who has the history with chemicals that I do. And so I'm definitely by no means off to the races. I mean, I still absolutely do not do recreational drugs, drink, any of that stuff. But um, I think that for me, plant medicines do have their place at this point in my journey due to the fact that I have enough self-honesty to examine my motives um, with one foot, at least firmly planted in reality. So I don't, you know, imagine that I'm going to slide off the cliff into reckless abandon of becoming like someone that parties with psychedelics or something like that. Like that's just not going to happen. I like being just the way I am and taking, um, I think periodic journeys as I'm called into discovering, um, the other dimensions that are, accessible, oftentimes only with assistance. And that assistance could be from breath work, kundalini yoga, sound baths. There's all kinds of things that can take you to that other place and to elicit the kind of um, chemicals that are present within your body, such as DMT, that your body actually produces, that can take you to some places um, where you get a vantage point and a perspective on yourself, your life, your past, your trauma, your future, that would not be possible Just sitting there watching football on the TV. You know what I mean? They're called journeys for a reason. And so, for certain people in certain situations, I think that uh, psychedelics and plant medicines in general, and I say psychedelics separately because there is a lot of exciting research uh, and development going on right now in terms of clinical psychedelic use, things like ketamine, MDMA. Um, all kinds of stuff going on there, even psilocybin, LSD. I mean, a lot of these things originated in psychiatry and were at first introduced in um, a clinical setting and then sort of broke out of the plantation, so to speak. And like, you know, just ended up in the hands of a bunch of hippies and hate Ashbury. And there we go. You know, Um, we all know the story. However, I do believe that there is some inherent value in that exploration for some people. Next one is finding a course in miracles study group. A course in miracles is uh, just profoundly transformative teaching, comes out of a couple books. There's a book and then there's a workbook. I've not done the workbook, but essentially if you quote, End quotes do a course in miracles. It's one lesson a day for 365 days. So it takes a year. I think I've made it up to like a month, and then it's just like I can't do it. You basically read a paragraph and you sort of hold that in mind all day. And it's it's not that hard of a practice, but for someone like me that's sort of all over the place, um, I've not completed per se the course in miracles, but Through teachers like Marianne Williamson and Dr. David R. Hawkins and various others that focus their work on metaphysical teachings like A Course in Miracles, I've found those things to be highly transformative. One nugget that I'll give you from A Course in Miracles is this quote. It's actually a question that you would ask to yourself. Would you rather be right Or would you rather be happy? (laughs) I'm paraphrasing, but it's something to that effect, right? When you have a gripe with someone or resentment with someone and you're like, ah, I'm going to get revenge. I'm going to show them they're wrong. It's like, really? How important is that? I mean, what if you could just, what if you could just drop it right now? Just be happy. You know, I remember one time I was in a, a little bit of a conflict with a girlfriend and I turned to her and I just had this moment of truth. I think from learning that particular principle and I said, you know what? you realize we could just stop this right now. Like, I love you. Let's just hug and just like, stop. Let's just stop. Let's just forget it. This is bullshit. This is unnecessary. And um, at that time she was unwilling. She wasn't quite there. You know, maybe she hadn't read A Course in Miracles and that's that was fine. It's okay. You know, you can't expect someone to kind of, arrive at those moments um, at the same time in which you do. And I'm sure there's been many times where someone said to me like, hey, let's just drop this. And I'm like, no, fuck you. <laughs> Not dropping anything. You got to pay. I want you to admit you're wrong or whatever, you know. But it is a powerful teaching. And there are throughout the world, Course and Miracles study groups. And the reason I recommend a study group is because human connection is really at the root of spiritual advancement. There's only so much we can do on our own. I love studying spiritual literature. I love meditation. I mean, I do, I spend a lot of time by myself, way more than I would like to. I wish I had more of a social life. I wish at this moment, at uh, the time of this recording, that I had a, a wonderful relationship in my life. I don't. I trust that that's going to happen when it's meant to happen with whomever it's supposed to happen with, according to the highest good. But something that's Often missing in my life is just like, dude. I go days and I don't see someone to get a hug or something. It's not healthy. Humans aren't meant to live in isolation. And so I recommend a study group because there's there's strength in numbers. You know, there's so much power in our connection, uh, practicing empathy and compassion, speaking our truth, having a group of people hold space for your truth. I mean, this has been a practice that human beings have used for healing and transformation since the beginning of time and definitely recorded history. I mean, I guess that's really the basis of true religions, right? Not those horrific genes, but true religions uh, that are wholesome, you know, that have come about throughout our history where human beings come together and they study spiritual truths and texts and principles and share with one another and support one another in their efforts to become more connected to God. And by the way, let me just throw in here, like join a church, man, like <laughs> there's a lot of great churches. Sometimes, um, well, sometimes a couple times I've been to this mega church with um, Rick Warren down in Orange County. I have a couple of buddies that they kind of like the, the kind of mega church, like new kind of hip modern Christianity. There's like Christian rock band playing and stuff. And It's not totally, you know, my vibe. I'd probably rather go like Zen out in a Kundalini yoga class. But I found them to be very positive and uplifting. Uh, You know, in LA we also have Agape with um, Michael Beckwith. You know, there are a lot of different types of groups, and that's why I encourage whether it's a course in miracles or, of course, like I think how group therapy um, and group. Groups of people getting together to support one another really became ubiquitous in Western culture is through the twelve step movement, which was um, created in nineteen uh, thirty five with a book that came out called Alcoholics Anonymous in nineteen thirty nine and um, people that were hopeless alcoholics that would have been uh, that ended up in a mental hospital, prison or dead suddenly had these miraculous turnarounds through Learning spiritual principles and applying them in their life. And I think what really made that work was, and continue to work all over the world, was the fact that there's um, a human connection element there. And there's an unconditional love, acceptance, compassion, empathy that takes place in a healthy group, you know, a healthy study group, a Bible study group, Course in Miracles, 12 step group, uh, et cetera. And especially within the 12 step model, because they're, sort of glued together by a group of principles called the 12 traditions, which don't allow the groups to take your money amongst other things. There's all sorts of traditions. I should perhaps do a show on them someday. Um, One of the traditions is also to maintain anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. So it's something that's difficult for members of those groups to share about because there are these traditions, not rules, but wise Humble traditions that were put into place by the founders in order to protect the sanctity and longevity of those groups, so that people suffering from various personality disorders, addictions, etc., for time immemorial would have a safe, reliable place to go to get help. But it's my view that all of group therapy and this whole model of people getting together uh, in the way that we do it now in Western culture really. Uh, was made popular by 12-step groups and how effective they were. So I would recommend in terms of Kate's um, question here that you find a 12-step group that fits your issue. I mean, that's a great thing that there are so many different types of 12-step groups now. I mean, there's groups like Al-Anon and um, ACA, Adult Children of Alcoholics. There's Codependence Anonymous. There's groups for people that are not even necessarily addicted to a substance like, you know, debt or sex or gambling, uh, nicotine, marijuana, crystal meth, cocaine. I mean, there's all those 12 step groups for each of those things, obviously alcohol and Alcoholics Anonymous, but um, some of them are just for people that have a difficult time getting along with other people in the world, specifically the codependence meetings, the ACA meetings, the Al-Anon meetings. Um, They're, very transformative and help so many people and also help to repair broken family systems. And again, I think one of the most unifying principles of 12-step groups as a movement in general is this uh, tradition that those organizations are designed to never become wealthy. And I think that's really probably the main reason they've survived. There's no one in charge. No one owns it. No one makes money off it. No one wants your money when you walk in. No one wants anything from you. Uh, They're free. People understand once they've overcome, at least to some degree, whatever issue they're dealing with, that the key to maintaining their success in overcoming that particular issue or addiction, as it were, is in without any expectation being of service to the other members. And so any group you find whether it's a course in miracles group or any other type of group therapy experience, uh, I really prefer the ones that aren't trying to get wealthy, you know. And not that there's anything wrong with monetizing spirituality, you know. I've had to really work with that myself. I do workshops, I teach people spiritual truths and I want money for it. I got to pay the bills. But I think there's something very unique in, in that model where, you know, they pass the hat, you put a dollar in if you've got it, and it's just, they make just enough money to stay afloat. And there's something really beautiful about that because no one wants anything from you, not only from a monetary standpoint, but they don't care where you work or who you are or, you know, what your position in society is. It has nothing to do with that. It's like you hit rock bottom your ass is in the lurch. You're stuck in the quicksand and you're reaching your hand up going like, man, can you guys, I'm, I'm down here in the quicksand. Can someone lend a hand? And people in spiritual groups will, if they're healthy, this is my opinion, if they're healthy, they'll reach down and they'll give everything they got to pull you out. But what they won't do is jump down in the quicksand with you. you know, and that's the beauty of codependency recovery is putting on your own seatbelt, first, putting on your own oxygen mask first. It's like one of the main tenets of many groups is to thine own self be true, which on its face sounds somewhat selfish. But indeed, there is a lot of spiritual wisdom within that particular statement. And that is, if you don't take care of yourself first, you don't have the power, energy, or wherewithal to really be of much use to anyone else that's in worse shape than you. So um, those are some pieces of advice that I would offer. And then I mentioned uh, David Hawkins before, and there are, they're becoming exceedingly rare, but they're a bit underground, but there are David R. Hawkins study groups. And I would say David Hawkins, if I had to pick one of my all-time favorite and most influential spiritual teachers, it would be he. Uh, he's written many books. He's, he's now deceased. I was lucky enough to see him speak twice. Uh, one of the those times being his very last talk in uh, Sedona, Arizona, where he was based. But this is just a man of uh, immense wisdom and huge heart and just very grounded down to earth, um, <laughs> yet extremely... Potent and transformative teachings, Dr. David R. Hawkins. Uh, If you're going to start with the book, start with the easiest one to read. It's called uh, Letting Go, The Pathway of Surrender. Amazing, amazing books. A book that I've read and listened to, I mean, I don't want to exaggerate and say hundreds of times, but I can say literally dozens of times because I'm someone that has had a lot of erroneous false information in my mind and a lot of trauma in my life and I have figuratively and literally sought out to brainwash myself and so when I find a teaching that is valid and has the power of Dr. David R. Hawkins teachings not to be confused by the way with Stephen Hawking the astronomer or whatever he was that brilliant other man who was not a spiritual teacher David R. Hawkins his most famous book is Power Versus Force. But when I find something like that, dude, I listen to it over and over and, over and 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 over again. And I try to get in their presence. You know, It's a principle that I follow is to keep holy company. Anytime I have the opportunity to be in the presence of someone who's enlightened or pretty close to it, I'm there. Which is why I've spent some time with Byron Katie and her events. Uh, just to be in that energy field, to be in that room is is life-changing. And uh, that was my experience with David Hawkins. So check out his stuff. And if you can't find a study group, I mean, you could do a web search. I don't use the G word because the G company is, they're really evil. <laughs> That's another podcast altogether. Uh, again, back to the censorship, just, woof. Oh man, this stuff really gets me. But I don't want to talk about it too much because then my ass will get censored and I won't have a job and I won't be able to help carry the message that I'm carrying to mankind, which would be a real shame. So do a web search on David R. Hawkins study group. And I bet if you're in a major city or kind of a a little bit of a woo-woo city, you probably find someone and it might just be in someone's apartment. The last one I went to, there's like three people there. It was hella awkward. I walked in. I was like, oh, whoa, why did I do this? And then we had the most amazing time and it was just beautiful. The next one is one that I've not done uh, and that is uh, one that I'm doing in February 2020 and that is the Joe Dispenza week-long intensive. And based on his books, based on his meditations, based on the many podcasts I've listened to featuring Joe as a guest, I have a feeling that you're going to walk out of that event a different person. So give that a shot. And then also, um, I have had some experience going to Tony Robbins events. And while I I can't say that they're necessarily spiritual, which is what we're kind of going for here, I have had uh, spiritual experiences and I have had profound changes to my life as a result of spending some time in the Tony Robbins events. So I've done the UPW, as the insiders call it unleash the power within that's the one where you walk on fire which is an experience not to miss that's kind of the intro one it's a couple of days it's you know a bit less expensive and there's like hella people there i think the one i went to there's like 12,000 people uh, and then i went to date with destiny down in florida which is 9 days or something that's <laughs> that'll turn your ass around if nothing else will let me just put it that way and then i did his business mastery which was in the godforsaken hell hole known as las vegas no offense if you live in las vegas maybe you just have different preferences than I. But uh, that event was amazing. The hotel and the venue were not, but I learned a lot about business and um, I'm applying some of it and it's helping me. So I think um, for a certain type of person that's willing to just go balls out, Tony Robbins events are awesome. If you're an introvert and you're you're really kind of self-conscious and you don't like to just go for it in a crowd of people, you might be mortified in a Tony Robbins event. But I'm kind of like that, believe it or not. And I just made myself do all the stuff and jump up and down and freak out and listen to the whack techno music. And I dug it, man. It's changed me. And I I listened to um, a motivational little gratitude thing most mornings now of Tony Robbins uh, with something um, by a company called New Calm. It's something that's not out yet. And they gave me a little demo of it. And I'm like, oh yeah, Tony gets me hyped, dude. He's a brilliant man. And um, I really true and kind-hearted person. And anyone that's brilliant and big-hearted, I'm a fan of. We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. Did you know that when you stare at your phone, computer, TV, and even the indoor lighting that exists anywhere in your world at night, You're completely trashing your sleep. Why? Because blue light at night ruins your melatonin production. And you need melatonin, it turns out, for a lot more than just sleep. It's also the number one anti-cancer compound that the human body produces. So it's really important to block blue light at night. Now, unfortunately, when you go out into the world, no one else knows that. So everywhere you go is artificially lit at night, and everyone else might be willing to pay the consequences, but as a listener to this podcast, you probably don't. That's why I'd love to introduce you to my friends over at Raw Optics, who make some very cool-looking and very effective blue-blocking glasses that block not only the blue light, but even the green light. So you've got to block up to 550 nanometers in order to preserve the melatonin. And these science geeks over there have figured it out and combine that science with a little bit of fashion. You know what I mean? So you can go out and feel confident in your style while also protecting your health. So go to rawoptics.com. That's spelled with an R-A as in sun. Get it? Rawoptics.com. Enter the code LIFESTYLIST at checkout and save 10% off at rawoptics.com. And now, back to the interview. Something I recently discovered, this isn't totally spiritual per se, but this is something that I think will, oh God, probably transform a lot of people and get a lot of people to not buy supplements on my website all at once. And that's a little something, something called DNRS, Dynamic Neural Reprogramming System, invented by a woman named Annie Hopper. And she was someone that had chemical sensitivities, uh, EMF sensitivities, which just jacked up to the point where she could not function. She started researching the brain, uh, the work of people like uh, Daniel Amen, who will be on, this, on the show soon, Bruce Lipton, Joe Dispenza, these people really working with the subconscious mind and also with the physical anatomy and physiology of the human brain. And she found... The problem with a lot of people that have mysterious illnesses and mysterious pains that don't go away and all sorts of issues like um, just all kinds of different ailments, mental and physical, that it has to do with limbic system trauma. And what happens is you get caught in a limbic system trauma loop, which is a download of cortisol and adrenaline that your brain releases when you experience something familiar to a trauma from your past. The trick there is oftentimes their traumas we're not even aware of. So I'm quite EMF sensitive myself, which is what led me to the DNRS work. Um, I'm doing the online program now. I'm working on uh, setting up an interview with Annie Hopper, the inventor. Because that's what I do when I find something cool. uh, I do it. This program, my dad's been doing this program for maybe a year. He's a different guy. Like he had all kinds of sleep issues, just all kinds of crazy stuff. And he's rocking and rolling at his... 76 badass self, uh, through just doing DNRS. I remember at one point he emailed me and was like, yo, don't tell me about any of your health crazes or anything. I'm supposed to just focus on this one thing. Cause that's one of the things we need to DNRS. Cause a lot of people in there obsessively try to fix themselves like yours truly. And a lot of it has to do with the limbic system trauma Sending messages to your body that you're in danger. And so you're always looking for something outside of yourself, aka neurotic biohackers, to keep yourself safe and protect yourself. It's some deep shit. I'll be doing a podcast on it soon. As you can see, like I relate to it and I'm like, oh, wow, God, I could save a lot of money if this works. And so could you probably if you're a person like me who's, you know, always looking out there to fix what's inside. Uh, but if you could. Look into DNRS and Annie Hopper. I think it could serve uh, many of you. Now, again, not necessarily spiritual, but definitely psychological. And it's my belief that it's a trifecta approach. You want to get your body sorted out, your nutrition sorted out. You want to detox. You want to get poisons out of you. You want to avoid them as much as you can. You know, deal with your EMFs, all the body stuff. Sure. Like, let's do it. Let's work out. Let's get in shape. Let's do the breath work at the sun, grounding. Get back to nature, but then there's the physical brain part and the subconscious work and the brain work. So that's the body, the mind, and then there is the spiritual work too. And I've gone, you know, through different phases where I really focus on one, thinking that's going to do it. This is going to bring me the fulfillment and joy and happiness that I'm looking for. That's the end goal, of course, of all this stuff that some of us are into. Um, but just doing, you know, the spiritual, which I did for many years, that there was still uh, some huge missing links which was a lot of the, the brain stuff, really fixing the brain, which is kind of what I'm focused on now. Not that I'm not spiritual, but I'm really seeing that so much of this is rooted in the subconscious mind and in trauma and in physical injuries and malfunctions of the human brain. And that's what DNRS works on, which is going to enable you, at least in my view, to have a much easier time pursuing spirituality if you're not trapped in a fight or flight nervous system experience so much of the time. Last but not least, in terms of this question, it's funny, each episode I'll put like a bunch of questions in each one and I think, oh man, shit, this isn't going to make up a solo show. It won't won't even make an hour. And then it takes an hour to answer one question because I don't know, I want to give you everything I've got. Because I really care about the people that listen to the show. And I know I've suffered so much. And I know so many people listening probably have a great life. But at times we all suffer you know, from one thing or another. And if you're not suffering right now, just remember this too shall pass. Last one is uh, learning Vedic or transcendental meditation. And uh, this is something I've been doing for a number of years. They're essentially TM, transcendental meditation. And Vedic come from the same... Uh, original source which is uh, the the yogi guru maharishi that the beatles famously learned meditation from uh, that our uh, three time guest john gray was the personal assistant to for 9 years a very famous uh, saint from india and he I don't know, he didn't invent this, but he brought this practice to the West and uh, it sort of split off into two groups. There's sort of the TM movement, which is kind of a legal organization. And then there's the Vedic meditation teachers, which doesn't really have like a governing body as far as I understand it. It's more just rogue teachers. My teacher, Jeff Kober, uh, teaches the Vedic meditation. That's who I learned from. Uh, He's also an actor. He's also a guest on the show. You could go back and learn all about it. Uh, Look up Luke Story, Jeff Kober, K-O-B-E-R. Of course, we'll put all of these links in the show notes. If you go to lukestory.com forward slash newsletter, you can sign up for the newsletter and you won't get this one because you're listening to it right now. It's too late. The newsletter went out this morning. You know what I mean? Uh, But you'll get the future ones. Uh, Jeff Kober is one of the most prominent teachers. Uh, Also a woman named Emily Fletcher, who's also been on the show. She went off to kind of branch off and do something different called Ziva meditation, but I would definitely look that up as well. She's awesome. And so is her teaching. And then one of the uh, most renowned Vedic teachers is a man named Tom Knowles. And by the way, if you're listening and you know Tom personally, would you make an introduction from you to Tom to me because I'd love to have Tom Knowles on the show. He's a brilliant teacher and just a fantastic guy. I met him once in New York with Jeff Kober. Jeff knows him, but you know, I don't want to bug Jeff with introductions. He's off making a TV show, traveling around the world, teaching meditation. Isn't that funny? Like, I'm like, oh, and by the way, don't send me any other <laughs> guest introductions. My show's always booked up for at least three or four months, but there are key people that are like an exception, and Tom Knowles would be one of them. I have big dreams and goals for this show. Not that I don't appreciate the recommendations, but my personal list of people that I already know of and already am trying diligently to get on the show is about 75 people. So that's 75 weeks worth that I already have covered, by the way. But Tom Knowles is on my list. So if you know him, hook brother up. So learning Vedic meditation or transcendental meditation, it's going to cost you a few bucks, totally worth it. Uh, If that's too much of a commitment, then I would add there are a number of great meditation apps. Uh, I use something, as I said, called New Calm, which is a nervous system relaxing um, called neuroacoustic therapy, which is basically similar to binaural beats, these kind of things, things that you listen to, do visualizations and whatnot. There's a lot of apps that have sound frequencies that put you in a different brainwave state, meditative state. And I find those to be also very useful at times. So there's kind of the old school approach to just, you know, a Zen meditation practice, Buddhist meditation, that kind of thing. And then you have the Vedic or TM, and those are very traditional and you don't need anything except you, your ass and a chair. And then you have all these apps and kind of tech and stuff, which are an emerging branch of meditation that I find to be very useful and exciting. Okay. Next question is from Hannah. And this is like the hardest question ever, by the way. And this one will be a bit shorter uh, than the last one. I mean, you asked me about spirituality, like you're going to get an hour at least. I could talk for maybe 10 hours worth. I'll do a 10 part series just on recommendations there but uh that's an hour of that the next question is from Hannah again um what is your favorite supplement really Hannah you're going to do me like that like I'm the supplement king I am until I complete DNRS which might fix my supplement addiction and obsession I mean I don't know I probably take like 10 15 supplements a day uh, you know I, I actually a phase in and out of it sometimes I don't take as many right now I'm kind of working on some specific stuff so I'm doing some crazy shit, which by the way, I've got an episode with uh, Ben Greenfield coming out where he comes over to my house with a video crew and we went through my entire supplement cabinet and refrigerator, all the biohacking stuff in my bedroom, like all the sleep optimization. And then I took him up to my biohacking uh, Zen Den, my little meditation, a biohacking room. And we went over all the tech. We took an ice bath. It's going to be an epic podcast and video. So if you want to like get the real deal on like my supplement life and how wild and wacky it is in my kitchen, Um, you can look forward to the upcoming Ben Greenfield episode. It's going to be called Battle of Biohacks, Home Invasion with Ben Greenfield. It's going to be a good one. And also, uh, I'll just add the caveat that it's really easy to know what my favorite supplements are, plural, by just going to lukestory.com forward slash store, because everything that I personally use on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis is linked in my store. Now, I don't have a warehouse of shit that I'm selling. I just put links to everything that I think is cool that I use on my site. And if you purchase supplements, Uh, biohacking, healing technologies, et cetera, through lukestory.com forward slash store, which you can also click right through um, on my Instagram profile or just about anywhere where you find me. Not only do you get discounts on most of the products, but in some cases, uh, if it's a brand that I have an affiliate relationship with, I also get a small commission if you use my link and my discount code. So it's a really cool kind of little, you know, side part of the business model here that I think is very conscious and something that I feel really good about because I'm the one that enjoys doing the work, geeking out on all the coolest stuff. And I like to share the best stuff. And I have very high integrity with what I recommend and don't recommend. And there's been things I've had on my site. And then later on, I find out it's not the best or it's not good to take like DHA algae oil I used to have on there. And I was like, oh shit, learned new information, not good. Delete immediately. It's gone. So, um, you know, that happens from time to time because I'm learning along with you, the audience member and listener, Uh, but that's an easy way to find stuff. And you benefit because you don't have to do the research. You can just trust me. Shit's badass on there. You're going to get a discount. I'm going to get a small commission to pay my ever-growing team of support that help keep this thing going as I scale uh, all the different elements of uh, Luke Inc here. Okay. So, um, that's the store and you can find, you know, all my supplements there. Basically, it's the same stuff you would find if you came into my kitchen with the exception of a few things that are illegal to sell on the internet. And for those, you'll have to watch the Ben Greenfield uh, video or listen to that podcast coming up here real soon. Okay. But if I had to pick one, okay, on it, like if you held a gun to my head and are like, dude, you can only have one supplement For the rest of your life, what would it be? I'm going to have to say it would be magnesium. And there's two forms in which I take magnesium. One of them is magnesium bicarbonate, and that is a liquid form. It's a very natural, bioavailable form of magnesium. I get mine from a place called Pristine Hydro. It's linked on my site. And um, that's just really easy to take because you just kind of put a dash in your water, or sometimes I'll even just fortify all of my live springwater.com water that's in my kitchen. And when I fill up those bottles, I'll just pour some magnesium in there. It doesn't really have a taste. I mean, it can go in your coffee, like whatever else you use your water for. Uh, it's kind of just inert in terms of its flavor profile. Uh, and then the other one that I use is synthetic, whereas the magnesium bicarbonate is not synthetic, meaning it's, it's not made in a lab. It's made by nature. Uh, but the synthetic is very bioavailable and it's extremely high quality. It's called Magtech. That's Magtech and it's made by Natural Stacks, of course, also available on my site with a discount. And that's got three uh, very bioavailable forms of magnesium. And why I like the Magtech is the three types of magnesium contained in those capsules all do different things for your body. So different types of magnesium have a different effect On different organ systems and things like that. And why I would pick magnesium over some of the other fancy supplements and stuff that I take and am a fan of is because if you're low on magnesium, which (laughs) spoiler alert, you are, because it's not in our soil, so it's not in our food, it's not in our water, because most of you are drinking filtered tap water at best, and even those of you that are drinking spring water are probably not lucky enough to win the water lottery and get water that's naturally rich in magnesium bicarbonate, although there are some natural spring waters on the planet that do have a fair amount of it. Um, We just don't get the magnesium that our body needs from our food supply. And most of the synthetic magnesium supplements are very poorly absorbed and are essentially expensive pee. So... Without magnesium, and you know, I wish I had a little more of the science on this, but it is an easy thing you can search, like symptoms of magnesium deficiency. Uh, <laughs> your brain doesn't work right. It affects your mood. It affects your digestion. It affects um, muscle exertion, workout recovery. It affects sleep. It affects just about every organ system and every element of your biology. Magnesium is extremely critical. And even me, this is how crazy it is, um, someone who supplements a crap load of magnesium. I just had my labs done uh, by my doctor, Dr. Scott Scher, who I think his show would have already come out at the time of this release. Yeah, I think you already heard Scott Share about oxygen. And uh, we did a Zoom call to go over my lab reports from all the blood work and all that stuff. And he's like, yeah, you're low in magnesium. I'm like, what? How is that even possible, dude? I'm the magnesium freaking king. And I think the reason why is because the main thing that depletes magnesium stores in your body is stress. And as much as I meditate and think I'm Mr. Zen, I'll be honest, my life... Is quite stressful and has been for, well, since October 29th, 1970. I mean, I do a lot of recovery work and I do a lot to deal with stress, especially that device I keep talking about called the NuCalm. I mean, that's probably the most potent stress treatment that I've ever found. It's fantastic. And I'll do a show on that, of course, soon. But just living in LA, uh, owning two businesses just, I'm busy and I do, I do it to myself. I mean, I could, I don't know, I could take on less, I guess, but I just feel like my life is so short. I want to pack in as much as possible and have as much of an impact as I can while I'm here and help as many people as humanly possible by getting the message that I get out, out into the world. And, um, so yeah, man, I'm running and gunning and and Running and gunning is what burns up your magnesium. So the more stressful life you have, uh, the less magnesium you're going to bioaccumulate because stress burns it up. So my number one pick would be those forms of magnesium. And uh, as far as general supplements go, I don't trust a lot of brands out there. I've been, you know, studying supplements and interviewing, People that formulate supplements and uh, scientists that invent them and synthesize these different ingredients. And I've done a lot of research. And as I mentioned before, with the cheap, kind of, you know, poorly absorbed forms of magnesium products on the market, um, oftentimes you're buying really expensive pee. And so my favorite brand of supplement overall would be Quicksilver Scientific course uh, they're available on my site and I interviewed their founder and the lead chemist I guess you could say um, Dr. Chris Shade that was back on episode 219 and we talked a lot about uh, his supplements and supplementation in general as it pertains to detoxing he's one of the world's foremost experts on detoxing your organs specifically and like there 's different ways that you detox each of your organs in a certain order and it's it 's quite in depth, but I really like the integrity of his products and the effectiveness and for you know dollar uh, dollar for dollar, I think you really get the most effect from Quicksilver because of the purity of the ingredients and primarily because of the liposomal delivery system, meaning they um, emulsify the molecules of the nutrients in each product. And it's encapsulated in a lipid, in a fat that's extremely small, so small that it can get easily through your cell wall, which means it actually absorbs into your cells. And you take most of them sublingually, meaning you just squirt them under your tongue, hold them there for a couple of minutes. I had a friend over last night <laughs> I was giving her some of the he has like these great calming formulas with CBD and L-theanine and GABA and all this stuff and and I was like kind of hyper and I squirted a couple under her tongue and I put a couple under my tongue and I was like yeah hold in your tongue for a couple minutes it's like 10 minutes later and I'm still talking like this she's like what's wrong with you I'm like oh dog I'm still holding that the quicksilver man I don't if it says 2 minutes I'm going to hold it under my tongue for 20 minutes you know what I mean want to get it all uh, so their stuff's great. And then, you know, I'm going to cheat here. I know I said I'd give my number one, but I'm, I'm just talking about things that your body needs that you can't get from uh, food effectively. And the other one would be the D3, vitamin D3 and K2 combo. Now, D3 is present, I think, a little bit in a couple fish, but really your body makes D3. It's actually more of a hormone than it is a vitamin. They just call it a vitamin for convenience. Uh, you make vitamin D from getting sun exposure. And uh, if you live somewhere where there's not a lot of sun, or if you're very sensitive to sun because you're fair skinned and you've been domesticated and living indoors your whole life, it's difficult to get enough sun to generate enough D3. And if you're deficient in D3, oh man, I mean, maybe even worse than magnesium, it just wrecks you. Uh, And there's a, a lot of information about that that we don't have time to get into um, but D3 is kind of something you need to get from yourself for the most part. And then K2 is available in certain foods um, like natto, the fermented soybeans are a great source of K2. I think the highest food in K2, but they smell like, um, like oh, gangrene feet. So, they're very difficult for some people in terms of uh, them being palatable. I don't mind them. I don't mind eating some feet, you know. Um, if they're good for me, I'll eat just about anything. I mean, I eat like raw, grass fed liver, just like put a big ass piece of liver in my mouth and chew it up and swallow it. So, I don't really care how something tastes. I care about, you know, the end result. Uh, but K2 is also present in ghee and butter and a few other things, but it is one of those ones that's also difficult to get from the food supply unless you were just eating a shit ton of natto and maybe covered it in butter. So I like the Quicksilver D3K2. And then uh, I think that getting it from sun exposure would be your best bet. But for some of us, that's a bit challenging. And when you get sun exposure, you also want to make sure that you're doing it safely. I'm a huge advocate for getting out in the sun, but I'm not an advocate for getting sunburned. Sunburns are inflammation. And what we're trying to do is shunt inflammation, not invite more of it into our lives. So you want to be careful. There's a lot of episodes I've done on sun exposure with Matt Maruca and Jack Cruz specifically. So you can go back and listen to those. But uh, that said, in a perfect world, yeah, man, we could all just be eating biodynamic food and pastured animals and wild-caught seafood that's toxin-free. And we could be getting all of our nutrients from that and not have to take supplements um, but I believe there are a few that are critical, and then there's a bunch more that are just fun. If you want to take it to the next level, um, for example, when I just had my labs done with Doctor Scott Share, I was really low in vitamin in certain B vitamins, and I'm like, "What?" Like, just again, I'm like, "Dude, are you serious?" I eat tons of red meat, and I also supplement with the best B vitamins, but it it's not how much I'm getting; it's how much how much I metabolize. Right? It's It's how you um, methylate some of these nutrients. So you might even have a diet that's really high in some of these things, but your body just is crappy at utilizing it. And, you know, those of us that grew up on glyphosate and all this stuff in our Cheerios and, you know, since the 90s been breathing chemtrails and dude, there's just a lot of crap, Uh, fluoride in the water, you know, calcifying the pineal gland, making us freaking brain dead and docile so we can be controlled by the new world order. There's all of these things going on uh, that, you know, we're just we're past the point of no return in terms of like, oh, I'm just going to live like a hunter gatherer. Dude, you're domesticated. I mean, we're going back 12,000 years into agriculture and hybridized plants. The days of, I think, personally, being able to have optimal health and longevity from just eating a clean diet and drinking clean water, you know, and living a relatively toxin free life is just not happening especially if you're someone that's been exposed to a lot of chemicals. I know I was exposed to a lot of lead, um, which might have something to do with some memory issues I have from time to time. So in the modern industrialized world, most of us, unless we grew up in the bush somewhere, a freaking remote island, have just been devastated by our environment. And so I do think for some people and probably most people, some key supplementation is helpful and supportive in addition to a lifestyle that incorporates as much nature as possible. Okay, our next question, and this will be a short one and we'll wrap it up, is from Ryan. And Ryan wants to know, what are some of the things you do routinely but not regularly to improve your wellness or well-being? And I've answered a lot of that in the first question, but... I put this one in here from Ryan just because it brings me to another element of healing that I didn't really touch on earlier. And that is, you know, psychological wellness. And so I have been and will probably continue to be, I imagine, in some type of therapy for much of my life. Now, of course, there were uh, there were years where I took a long break, you know, from maybe 16 to 26, there was a pretty <laughs> wild ride where I, you know, was my own therapist, which is very ill advised, you know. Uh, as a wise man once said, Show me a man who keeps his own counsel and I'll show you a fool. Hey, by the way, if you know that quote, tweet at me or something because I always say it and I don't know who to give credit to, but it's one of my favorites. So I think it's extremely useful to talk to a professional on a regular basis and share with them in an honest way the feelings and thoughts that are bothering you in your life. So in terms of things I do routinely, but not regularly, that would be it. So I go through routines of different types of therapy. So I just wrapped up a series of EMDR sessions, which from what I understand is very useful for many people in healing subconscious trauma wounds and i know that i've got many of those as well as a plethora of conscious ones some of which were quite recent even so emdr was appealing to me for that reason i I have a friend uh who was quite committed for maybe three months and he's like I'm never in fear anymore. Like I just, you know, he was kind of a nice guy, people pleaser sort of personality and had a really difficult time with confrontation. And he's just like, man, I just walk in the office now and I just tell everyone what's up. It's like EMDR gave him like giant nads. And so like, hmm, wow, I could use more nads. I mean, many of us can, right? And so it's the ability to, you know, assert yourself and not feel like you're have to shrink when you walk in a room or when something needs to be dealt with that's uh, somewhat serious or potentially confrontational. So I was like, hmm. Now me personally, you know, again, you're dealing with the subconscious, so it's difficult to quantify, you know, is this working or not? But I I did a few sessions of the EMDR and I, you know, I I didn't really notice benefits myself. But again, perhaps there are, and it's just, they're not so overt. So I would recommend that as a form of therapy. Something I'm doing now, uh, which has been quite useful, is hypnotherapy. Similar kind of thing. You're, you're going into the subconscious mind and you're reprogramming. I also just started doing something called Psych K, as was recommended to me by former guest Dr. Bruce Lipton. And Psych K is in the same vein as the EMDR, the hypnotherapy. And for that matter, DNRS that I mentioned earlier, the uh, Annie Hopper work, a similar kind of thing, and it's too new for me to tell what the site K is doing. But I did work through a couple recent issues that I found to be troubling, and uh, I can say that right after my first session, which was on Skype with a lovely lady named Mika uh, in Southern California, here, that my emotional charge around certain situations was diminished dramatically and noticeably. So I was like, hmm, I'll be doing some more site K. And then there's often times where I just need talk therapy, like. I don't want to burden my friends and just call and bitch about all my issues or my imagined issues in most cases, but I just need to get stuff off my chest, you know? And I think that talk therapy isn't necessarily in my experience that transformative, like it's going to change who you are and at your core character and make you a different person. But God, it is nice just to like, let the steam valve loose once in a while and just be like, ah, and just go in and throw up on the floor of a therapist's office and just get some tears or some anger or whatever it is out in a healthy, safe container with someone, hopefully, who has some enlightening feedback and can have some wisdom uh, from an objective point of view that's not from your problems, right? Because when you have a problem... All you see is your problem. And usually those problems were created by all those other jerks that we encounter throughout our day to day lives in the world. So the mind says. However, in therapy, when you go spill the beans, oftentimes you hear, well, that's cool. You know, I get that. Thank you for sharing. Have you looked at it this way? And that mirror is turned around or perhaps the mirror is shown across the room and we're able to see a perspective that we would not normally have access to unaided. So uh, according to Ryan's question, I think that's, that's kind of a routine thing. I go through routines periodically, but I don't necessarily need therapy all the time. It's kind of a spot check thing. When I feel like I'm getting a little cloudy, a little off the rails, uh, I need to go in and just kind of get a reality check. And so I think that's very, very useful. And with that, my friends, that brings us to the end of this uh, special solo Q&A show. Again, uh, join the Facebook group. That's the Lifestylist Podcast Facebook group. And you can post your questions there and I'll likely answer them on an upcoming episode. I'll be doing, I would say, an average of two of these per month. People seem to really like the first couple that I released. And so as long as I can find the time and energy to do it, I plan to uh, keep it going. And uh, if you're not on Facebook, again, follow me on Instagram. That is at Luke Story. I have a great time posting on Instagram because I post a lot of stories and I do a lot of live feeds. In fact, if you were listening, I mean, if you were following me on Instagram right now, you would be able to watch 99%. Actually, I always say that and I think, no, I actually do it on every one. I live stream all of my interviews. Some people don't realize that. They also come out, by the way as an edited YouTube video. So if you if you don't want to listen to the podcast, if you want to actually watch them, you can watch the YouTube video that comes out the same day as the audio podcast in iTunes. However, if you follow me on Instagram, keep your eyes peeled for my live streams and my stories because I just live stream the whole interview. It's kind of a sneak peek. So that's that. And then uh, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Just Thrive. Man, these could have been like in my top, Um, supplements too, is a good probiotic. So go to thriveprobiotic.com forward slash Luke. That's an amazing spore-based probiotic that hatches a bunch of critters in your gut and doesn't die on the way down like many probiotics do. If you go to thriveprobiotic.com forward slash Luke, the code is 15% and uh, the code itself is Luke15. And if you want to protect your eyes, you can go to rawoptics.com and save ten percent off with the code Lifestyle. Let's get some blue blocking glasses. I'm wearing some right now because I have a bright light on in my office, and it is now eleven sixteen. Oh my god! I gotta go to bed, dog. What am I doing? And then lastly, we've got Candor. Go to choosecandor.com. These guys make some amazing products. My very favorite one being the uh, Nootropic Matcha Latte. This thing is badass. It's got MCT oil, powdered coconut oil for healthy fats. And then it's got the uh, matcha green tea extract. So it's much more mild and chill than coffee, which coffee to me, I mean, I love my coffee. I drink you know one coffee a day usually in the morning, but in the mid afternoon, I'd be too hyped. Like I can't do coffee all day. I'm just not that guy. I'll just be super cracked out and like picking scabs and shit, you know, fixing radios. I'll be real, real tweaked out. Those of you tweakers know what I'm talking about with fixing radios. <laughs> Actually, when you're tweaking, you don't fix radios. What you do is you take them apart and then you never put them back together. And anyone that's hung around a tweaker knows what I'm talking about. But what you should be talking about is going to choose candor.com, <laughs> enter the code lifestylist and save 10% off their amazing matcha latte that will not gack you out. I, it's at the end of the show, man. It just gets too real. I can't help it. But it's fun because I think maybe at the end, no one's listening and I can really let it all hang out. Thank you so much for listening to this solo show. I love you. I love that you help me carry my message into the world. If you want to support the show, it's very easy to do. Just text or email this to a friend or perhaps post this episode on social media if you benefited from it. Chances are that if you derive some value from this an hour and 20 minute rant of mine that someone you know might also. See you soon. This episode of the Lifestylist Podcast was produced by podcastmasters.net.